And now, wait, we got it back. Now you can probably hear me. Maybe. Nope. He Bueller. Had. There. See, thank you. Here's what happens, people. <laughs> it's in, live. In the midst of the craziness, during the True Well show, we we had the board. We didn't have the mics actually. They were on, but the mic volume was set to zero. So my mistake. Uh, nevertheless, welcome to the True Well show. We tried to jump right in at the music. I was super excited. And what did we do? Crunch. Yeah, Bueller, just crickets. Crickets. So yeah. here we go. Look, uh, if you're just tuning in, it is the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, David Littlejohn. With me in studio is Katie Shuck, which I won't be, hopefully, fingers ne- crossed, yes. next week. Trying to leave, <laughs> and we're going to see what happens here because I don't know if anybody... We can't. We, we should put a poll. We should put a poll on our oh, Facebook page. Okay, Ooh, yes. Okay, Heather, if you're listening, right? we need to put a poll on our LJFS, so Little John Financial Services Facebook page. A Will poll. Katie... Make Get, it off the mainland. Right. She, so, Katie, is. Uh, f- this has been planned, and so far, it's still viable. happening, right? Yeah. So you're going to be gone next week. Aloha. Yes. Yes, yes right? I can't wait. Don't, My kids are so excited. Don't worry. Don't don't case your house. There's people there. but There's always people there, and there's like millions of animals. I'm pretty sure you'll get yeah. you know attacked by everything. Yeah, it won't be coronavirus. It'll be rabies. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the nice thing is I have neighbors that are home all day. So, like, I mean, yeah, you know. careful, because you might be with them soon, the way things are going. <laughs> I know, right? But I'm just saying, like, I love it. Like, when your neighbor texts you and you're like, so your your animals are out of your house, or, like, your cat wandered away, or is this okay? Like, so I, I get checkups all the time from my neighbors. So casing my house would be a big mistake, because. It'd just be fruitless. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> it's true. I don't have anything to steal. Well, that's not what I meant. I just meant, like, good luck. <laughs> no. you're, you're like, there, there, there's always somebody. It's like, it's true. <laughs> I don't have like, anything to steal, unless <laughs> if you want old furniture, but, you know, that's okay <laughs> <laughs> okay well look so we are not here today to make light of coronavirus it's everywhere covid19 there you cannot get on a financial program without hearing it. about it so any program but i am going to tell you that i take a slightly different approach to this one as an investor okay oh. and we're going to talk a little bit about so some weird weird things are going on and we have to do a little bit of reading of tea leaves right now so today we're going to play the game and and so katie welcome to crystal ball show oh this is gonna i was saying we've talked about tea leaves but we don't we don't have a psychic on today right? i mean i talk about you know having magic powers but i don't know if they're really quantifiable so we're going to play a few games of where does this thing go we're going to talk about what's happening so far and what do we see as the setup now i have to disclaim at the beginning of these shows we're not giving financial advice today or any other day right that's not how this show works we're going to give education and as always for your unique situation or circumstance i encourage you to get qualified financial advice or a Get advice from a qualified financial professional, I shall say. Okay, If you don't have that person in your life, they can reach us, right? So your, our team would be delighted. And guess what? Even in a home quarantine environment, uh, we are in a scenario where we will still be functioning. Right. Right? Katie, how can they call us? 541-375-0898. But I'm going to take it one step further. Even if you're not able to call or don't want to call or tired of talking to people because we have talked a lot 
it feels like about everything going on in the last few weeks. And obviously, this is a talk show, so we're going to talk some more. But if you want to reach out and you're not a talky kind of person, you can always email us at info at littlejohnfs.com. It's true. Um, you know, or send us a message through Facebook, something like that. Hit us up however you want to reach out is fine um, because we are still responding um, you know, the nice thing about the world we live in today is Wi-Fi and email, right? Like, I mean, we can check it on our phones. We're readily accessible. Um, you know, we've also gone over our disaster protocol with the office, just like we did last year with Snowmageddon. Although, could it not be in March? Like, I huh, feel like right? it's like doomsday March every year. Oh, you can't say every year because well, we had three years before that that wasn't so bad. Hopefully, although I don't remember three years because we have Snowmageddon and now COVID. So let's see what next March brings us. Right. But I keep trying to explain to people, right? This is my trademark. If you think coronavirus 19 is bad, wait till you see tequila 19. Mm. So, that was a bad joke. Yeah. I, you know what? I almost made the one about Corona light because I already have it. So, you know, it's you said we're not going to make light of it. And I was like, they do make a Corona light. Of course. Uh, yeah. Of course so they we do. said we weren't going to make fun of it. We are. You have to yeah, have a we, little We will humor. a little bit, but not the... We're not, not telling for the you folks to ignore it. It's not that we don't respect it, okay? But but it's look if we, you can't find a little bit of humor in this one, you're going to be. It's easy to get depressed and swept away in fear, okay? Now we talked about what if what fear stands for, right? Sure, you're going to tell Fe us again. Future events appear real. Okay. okay. So that's the thing about fear, and that's where a lot of people are going with this thing right now. Uh, the reality is that I, I am not a medical, qualified medical professional. Okay, We talk finance all the time, but uh, I, we've, we've but talked with a lot of people. you are a qualified financial professional. I am a qualified financial professional. I am not a qualified financial professional. I am just a good sidekick. <laughs> you are a good sidekick, and you've learned a bunch. And this remember, that's the, the other poll we should put on there is how long should oh. we give Katie until we force her to get her licenses? <laughs> because she's competent. She's just not licensed. <laughs> so I'm going... Katie, come on now. I know. You know, and all my spare time to study. So, uh, okay. spare time. You there, there may be some of that the way things are unfolding. No joke. So, yeah. here's the thing about this current environment that we live in. Okay. We're potentially going to hit the pause button our, on our economy. And you That's never been done before, well, has it? Well, it it actually can't be done. Okay. Okay, that's the reason that this is so complex. Now, why is this happening? Let's let's start with the why. This is my understanding, and we could read into political theory or conspiracy theory or lots of things, but let's not bother We're with not that. We're not going to. Okay? We're going to keep let's it kind keep of from it, our perspective. Let's keep it simple and straightforward, which is the concern right now is not necessarily that the coronavirus is going to wipe out a large portion of our population. Right. Okay, this is not like Ebola or something, which is to me a truly terrifying, very highly lethal type of disease. Is that the flesh eating one? Yeah. Yeah. This, so it, what happens is if you have a compromised immune system, specifically compromised respiratory system, and you get an infection, uh, as I understand it, you end up getting pneumonia and you can die from it. Okay. And that, a lot of people can fall into that category or on the fringes of that category. Risk factors contribute to it, right? And uh, I understand that it picks on smokers more. That makes sense because if you think about it, that's you know, going to contribute to lung compromise. Right. So we, what the concern is is that because this thing spreads really rapidly, 
it's not that it's going to wipe everybody out, but it's that it's going to get a bunch of people to simultaneously head for medical care. So the concern is actually the triage of medical patients well, it's, coming it's, in and out. It's the bandwidth itself. It's like we just don't have enough capacity in the medical system to absorb everybody simultaneously. So you do these uh, social distancing efforts in order to slow the rate of transmission of the virus so that it it by so you don't tax the bandwidth as hard, right? It's the equivalent of saying, well, let's not download everything all right now. Let's uh, you know queue them up and they'll download one at a time for a while. So those are the the issues here okay. that I think we're trying to address. But we we need to start recognizing that there's some there's some realities and some trade offs. And I think that decisions are being made around this. When say somebody says why are we doing this? And I realize a lot of people are rolling their eyes thinking this is stupid. It doesn't hurt anybody. To which I will say, I don't necessarily, I don't have the knowledge to agree or disagree effectively, but I get why. Here's the downside. And here's where we as investors need to start paying attention because that's what the rest of this show is going to be about today is how do we as investors navigate this? Okay. And the first one is remain calm. Right. Okay, I mean, because panicking is not going to make good decisions for you. And, of course, me telling, I love it when it's like telling a kid to stop throwing a tantrum, right? It's just In the kinda, middle of the tantrum. Knock yes. it off. And they're like, what? So, I don't understand. So you have to find a way to sort of pacify yourself so that you're getting out of the panic center of your brain back into the calm center. And, you know, the, you know listen to the calming sound of my voice, right? We're oh, going to do that. that makes me want to hit you. Come on. <laughs> it's not that. But we don't want you climbing the drapes anymore. Like, it's time to just... Well, by Simmer and large, down a little bit. fortunately, our clients are not climbing the drapes much. Uh, but folks are asking the question, is it going to get worse? So, I don't know. So, we're going to play the crystal ball show? We're going to make guesses at it? The crystal ball show is not about guessing about the virus, but guessing about what's going to be the response and what are some of the things that we need to be aware of as we try to navigate this response. Okay. In As best I can tell, looking at the way this is rolling out, there are going to be a number of places. I was I was just informed. It sounds like the state of Kansas has uh, essentially canceled school for the remainder of the school year. Whether or not that's fully accurate, yet to be fleshed out. But we know that there are places that are extending quarantine periods due to where primarily due to where spring break falls. But uh, my wife's a teacher. Our school district has already notified us that. This week was uh, a no school week. Next week was scheduled to be spring break. And the following week is likely to be an extension of no school. And we may see this extend for another three to six weeks beyond that. Yeah, I so think it could we're, be. We're gearing up for almost eight weeks extra. Right. Just in case. It's the backup plan, the plan so, B. So if we go to that, and you now know that you can't go to a restaurant and sit down in the restaurant, right? It's only takeout and delivery now. For right. Food. Because they don't want people gathering. And I know from firsthand experience, I went to. Costco yesterday and I, I didn't realize at first I kind of walked right in and I thought well that's maybe overblown I came out after my shopping run and there was a line of people waiting to get in oh. and what what happens is we have these limitations on gathering size to no more than 250 so Costco has to manage the number of people that are in the store at any given time so they're also staging people so even the lines you have to be careful right you right. can't, you you can't gather a bunch of people together. Because the employees count as bodies, Correct. not like you discount the employees. Yeah. So we are, we're trying to manage bandwidth in order to comply with the regulations and to reduce the speed at which this virus has been transmitted. Right. And this all has economic ramifications. 
Costco will earn, they'll still make money, but much slower because the number of transactions they can process is going to be dramatically reduced by this governor, if you will. Right. And in this sense, I'm not talking about that's not a shot at our governor. That's thinking of governor like in NASCAR when they want to slow a car down on the track. They give everybody a governor to limit the horsepower that the car has. Right. That's what a governor does. Right. It it's a form of retaining or retention. Right. So so this is a restraint that's being placed on well, a governor the system. An area is still the same way because they're trying to control the area. In a sense, I mean, the, the the governor is the I mean, one. It's, it's the rule setter. But it's a correlation. It's the rule setter. Okay. okay, is what that is. So the governor, and that so we have this set of governing rules that's going to create restraint, and so there will be an economic impact. And as investors, we need to understand what that means. And it's going to. There's a lot of things that we have to explore here. So I want us to pull out our crystal ball today, and I want us to think about. As the government develops a response, both at a federal, state, and local level, what does that look like? And as investors, what does that mean for us? But it turns out we got to take a break. So we'll grab that. And when we come back, you want to figure out how am I going to navigate this? How am I going to navigate it navigate as an investor? We're going to talk about, well, think about this and then maybe do that. That and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Got to cut off the music as quick as possible because we got so much to cover on the show today, and we're breaking out the crystal ball. If you're wondering what we're talking about, it's where is this economy going as we begin to hit the pause button on various sectors? What does it mean for you as an investor? And if you're curious what we covered already, podcast. Okay, should still be up tomorrow on our website at uh, littlejohnfs.com. That sounds like the one, yeah. <laughs> You'll at notice least for now. There's three pillars on there: educate, plan, invest. And if you go in there and check out the educate tab, there's a whole host of resources, including podcasts of all of these shows going back to the beginning of time. So you can listen until your heart's content, and you may have some time on your hands. So that could be good, clean family fun right there. Yeah, I know. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Audible goes up. Right? <laughs> well, Audible is part of Amazon. I know, but I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see if like the listenership or like oh, the sure, if the adoption like, oh, rate goes just, up. Uh, yeah, everybody's home bored. Oh, well, we're waiting to see if birth rates go up in nine months. They will. They, they, they're already calling them the coronials. <laughs> That's a... they've, they've named them. And then they, and then they said, oh, what was it? Yeah, I think it was like the coronials. And then there was another one to it um, when they're teenagers, but it was, yeah. That is something. Yeah. All right. So, Katie. Yes. Let's break out the crystal ball and let's play this game of what if. Yeah, I have a lot. Can I just be the question asker? I feel yeah, like a go for it. Although I'll let you lead it off, but then I know I will have tons okay, of questions. Well, so the, the first one is, what if this thing is almost over? 
What if this thing goes on for another week? What if it goes on for another month? What if it goes on for who knows how long? So is this, I, I mean, in my mind, this is kind of like a war. Like there's the initial sweep of casualties, and then there's the trailing amount of casualties and the cleanup that kind of goes with it, mm-hmm. right? Like in a ripple effect. And of course, there's going to be some ripples that we're going to see throughout this thing. The first one we're talking about already is like the schooling. Right. How is this going to affect our children, not just this year for school, but like say they decide to waive school for the rest of the year and they just say, okay, everybody just naturally graduates. Well, now you have a bunch of kids that never finished that year's worth of education. So does that mean that studies are like the curriculum has to adjust and now you're teaching, you know, like my kids in third grade. So if she doesn't finish third grade this year, then does fourth grade become third and fourth? Like, do we combine the curriculum like how i mean because those are all going to have to shift for students who didn't learn so i will take the rest of their stuff crystal ball right crystal ball so let's take a stab at this one first of all this is a more complicated question than one realizes because it's not just about the kids no it's about the teachers it's about the teachers and when we think about the school systems one of the things that's interesting is that most of the school systems particularly the state of oregon uh, the teachers unions create contracts with the school each year and it dictates things like pay and benefits, and they're contracted for a specific number of days that are to be worked. So what happens if you have a forced closure that impacts the contract? So now it gets, it's, you're gonna get into gray area here. So my suspicion is that what we will see is a combination of extended school year, and then we will see some modified curriculum for a period of time to try to get a specific group of students back on track or perhaps even a modification of testing requirements so that teachers get a little bit more freedom in the teaching process. Because as you know, we had this No Child Left Behind Act that regimented a lot of the testing standards that schools now teach toward, right? right. right? And there's some, there's, there's much debate, certainly within the education community, but in the political community and elsewhere, as to what this would mean. But, but what I believe is likely to happen, first of all, is I think we're going to really monkey with summer. Uh, initially, people said things like, well, you know, there's summer plans, too, and there's all these other industries. Well, we're all in this together now. It'd be one thing if it was a group of people that was affected. They'd try to carve out and make exceptions. When it hits the whole country, yeah. you can expect that your summer vacation plans are highly likely to be impacted. Right, because it's students not like will it's likely a town be back in school. Or an area or right. even a whole state. It's the whole country. Right. And so there there will be a significant impact. And then what I wonder about is the more long lasting reach of how does this even potentially change the education model? Does distance learning become a more significant component to how education is completed. There's political ramifications then with school choice and so forth and curriculum choice if that occurs. And then we also have, there's some economic cycles built around vacation and seasonal work and so forth. And that will all filter through the system and that will have an impact. Right. Again, the ripples, right? Like it's not, it's like right now we're in that first wave of casualties. But what we haven't seen is how this is going to ripple. I'm going to really just caution the use of that term because casualty really sounds sounds bad. bad. Okay, the first Uh, wave of of, of hit or the first wave of impact. impact Okay, we'll talk about it in waves. The first wave of impact. But yeah, we don't know how this is going to ripple through. And people assume the ripples are short, but we don't know 
the long-term ramifications yeah, and of some these of this ripples. is it's projection right but the reality is that there is much discussion about distance education and that so is when one you say of that are you referring to like more online education yes. like doing it digitally well more online of course now some this is more than 10 years ago when uh, Khan Academy initially came out and it was online tutoring and the experimentation with the model of inverting the classroom model that the teacher is more of a guide but the classroom is more self-paced so you log in you receive the instruction you learn from the instruction and the teacher is there to help answer questions and aid in the learning acquisition or whatever they call it in educator terms okay. but it is a different type of education model and that is challenging for other reasons too because part of the school system is about how we manage the groups. people in our lives well not just groups think about how parents that go to work and their kids go to school there's a schedule management function to that that's now built and assumed in our economy so if you radically alter that it actually alters the structure of the family unit and how people manage children well and i was just saying like it's you know still working little john financial services is still open we haven't gone yet to self-quarantine is that what they're calling it self i, I guess so yeah. I, what's the word for it there's another word for it but um yeah, self-isolation i don't know what you call it anyways um but yeah going to homeschool well, my kids are home now and and the tricky part about that for people that are trying to work from home is you know if you have like your own office space where you can go and close the door great but if you don't i mean if you're working from the kitchen table which is what i do a lot of times and you're readily available how is that going to also impact right the workflow like it's just having so, your children there and trying to be with them and dictate to them so does right. that shift work hours does that shift and let me be clear about this i actually don't think we're going to radically change the education model i think that the the easy solve on this one is going to not solve but what's going to happen likely is we'll push the we'll extend the school year out significantly into the summertime and try not to overlap with next school year right so, so I, that's that's most crystal, of the summer my crystal ball prediction is i think we do no school for a month so I, I think it's still a little too early i don't think two weeks is quite enough i could easily foresee it being a month but i believe by mid april kids will be back in school because i think that gives you know what six weeks now of the medical profession to kind of fail out yeah pacing. I'm, I'm not even ready to make that call I'm, I, I'm, I will tell you that I'm, i think I'm, it's going to be a month i think it may be more than a month unfortunately but uh we'll see and it, it may be somewhat regional in nature and it will also depend on we're we're seeing some new things this was not in your crystal ball question but one of the interesting things is vaccine development has gone to a genetic profile so the initial vaccine developments for this were built based on the genetic coding of the virus, not an actual sampling. I mean, it was, it was fascinating how quickly they went really? to development. Huh. Yeah, so we're going to be pushing the envelope of science. I mean, these are silver lining things here. I, I was remarking to my wife this morning that medicine may radically evolve in the next, uh, you know, years and decades to be very rapid response to this kind of stuff kind of star trek like medicine it's to me it's extraordinarily exciting with with supercomputing and uh really cracking open and understanding the genome and how that operates right. more and more it's we're going to see some really revolutionary therapies and 
this may be one of the blessings in disguise of this may be that having a national crisis also forces us to look at some of our policy for how we streamline development and so forth. The FDA is very good at creating uh, highly effective, low tail risk drugs in the system in terms of side effects typically, meaning there's, you know, not that many people experience the side effects. But the ability to get more customized with medicine could be really extraordinary because everybody's body chemistry is so unique. Well, and we keep going from a national perspective to a global perspective, right? Like this is also international as well. I mean, it's not just the U.S. that's dealing with COVID. It's the whole world in essence. And so like we're also figuring out how to play with one another, how to share the right types of information, whether it be medical or not, and, and how to work together with everyone in this in this little thing we call earth so it's not just our nation it's not just a state or a city or something that's be affected affected by it it's it's global yeah so so if school gets pushed out what's the next what's the next crystal ball question you have katie you said you had a pile of them no i just said i'm going to play off of you because i know you're going to come up with good ones you said push pause on the economy so my question is like if the kids are out of school I'm assuming, making an assumption that like a parent or someone's going to have to stay home with these kids because daycare is going to be very hard to find and daycare centers are being shut down. So how does that impact our workforce? Well, I, I would say, first of all, you got to understand our workforce is going to be bifurcated. Okay. Some, bifurcated. What is that word? Bifurcated? Split, split in two. I have never heard that word. We're going to have two different types of job. Jobs that can be done from home and jobs that cannot. Okay. True. You know, construction jobs. Can't be done from home. Can't do it at home. Not happening. Uh, Stocking shelves in the grocery store. Can't be done from home. You know, so a lot of services must be performed on site. Okay, so we cannot have a permanent quarantine of everything. Our economy does not work if we all stay in our home because somebody has to build the home. Right. So there is a manufacturing requirement. True. So we we know that we can't do this forever because certain elements i mean heaven forbid what if you run out of toilet paper who's going to actually get more toilet paper to make toilet paper <laughs> we have to make the toilet paper people and where so some of these things there's a we have to sort of view them through the lens of pragmatism okay like let's be practical and realistic about what we're doing here and I think that's something that we're yet to do as investors. Everybody's reading into this, the end of the world scenario. So if you work from home, probably your kids are home. How and, do you get any work done? <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's going to be some hardship there. So productivity is going to really decline. Right. Okay, that's that's the first and foremost is productivity is going to decline. And we're going to have to come up with new ways to manage that and we just don't have the playbook yet right it's not going to happen there's this is not a lack of leadership okay this isn't because well the president did or the governor did or the mayor did or whatever this is a we don't have playbook okay we're making it up as we go so that's the first consideration but let's talk about the folks that still need to get out into the economy to work and what it means for them how are we going to deal with that process sounds good i think yeah it sounds like the topic for the next segment so you gotta wait right Sorry, we got it we ha- must take break we will return we will continue to look into the crystal ball and uh, if you guys are really ambitious we'll take questions from you 
So stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. Thank This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show where we. That we've... was almost a jingle. Almost. You started okay. to. You were like announcer voicing, starting to get into the jingle. Go. <laughs> you are obsessed with the jingle. I am obsessed I just want like our own, want theme, your own theme music. Theme music. See, I, you want, you theme want music, a jingle, I want, a jingle. I want theme music, and neither of us is getting what we want. So. <laughs> Oh, it's like we're married. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Love you, Heather. Uh, <laughs> and Thomas. <laughs> so here we are pulling out the crystal ball, looking at the economy. And I want to get to the real meat of this one. If you have been listening this far, you are finally going to get to what I think is the the really the, the good stuff. And that is because we keep talking about the concept of hitting the pause button on the economy, which is what this COVID-19 virus is really looking like is going to happen. And so first, let me d- define what that looks like, right? The pause Please, the right, pause button. Because you can't really hit pause. Yeah, you can't hit pause on the economy. We can't stop certain services. Uh, and so we're going to, we need to continue to deliver electricity and water. Right. So we can't turn off utilities. Right. They're going to have to keep operating. Right. In fact, incidentally, big up day in the utilities exchange traded fund today, possibly because folks are recognizing in a quarantine environment, we do not stop consuming utilities. Uh, second, it'll be interesting to see if, if the utilities actually jump, though, because now right. everybody's home and you're not sharing like an office space where everybody's like the four of us are sharing one utility by being under one roof. But when the four of us are separate in our office, then. Now all four of our houses are, the utilities are on. So there's more utility running. Perhaps. So here we've got, we're going we're gonna to likely, those that can work from home will start to work from home. And certain jobs will facilitate that and certain jobs will not. True. Okay. So we're going to have a very strained economic impact now because some people will be able to continue to operate and presumably continue to earn a wage. Some will not. If you think about it right now, what does a waitress do when restaurants are not allowed to have customers? You can only have takeout or delivery food. You cannot go into a restaurant right now. Incredible strain on small businesses, and it effectively renders certain people unemployed. Yeah, okay? pretty much. So, yeah. And, and that there's no work-from-home option for that. No. Okay, so there's a, a direct and immediate economic strain for that uh, specific group of employees out there. So we've got those types of impacts where the jobs that cannot be migratory won't. Right. And then we've got the impact of the school system. So families now have kids that are, you know, in the home. And then if we still have the economic or rather the medical impact of folks that are uh, apparently as this uh, transmission Needing rate spreads, assistance. it's going to require more bandwidth on medical profession and then we also have issues with how many places that are 
uh, key hubs of commerce. I mean, how many airports and uh, public transportation and so forth that are affected by the inability to gather large groups now? Yeah, how does that work if you ride a bus? Yeah. Well, no, I'm serious. Like, how does that work if you ride a bus? Because buses carry more than 10 people. Well, presumably they'll shut down public transportation if there's a mandatory quarantine. Where does this strain areas more? Um, my my belief is that the high density urban areas are going to be strained more heavily, okay? Because it's going to limit bandwidth and infrastructure and access to key support. So you know, grocery stores are much higher volume, typically when in you look in higher populated uh, cities, right? Yes, and okay. so there's much more turnover in supply and well, so and forth. Well, and we've seen that here in Roseburg too, because we've had people from out of area calling our local Costco and other places saying, hey, do you have these supplies? We will come down and get them. So, right. I mean, we're getting, you know, raided from other cities because they're out of supplies. Yeah. And it, the supply chain is affected. Okay. Right. If we have mandatory quarantine, then we can't move certain things in the supply chain. That's genuinely concerning. Okay. So I want to talk about what, you know, what is it, what are some of the things that are being proposed right now? And then the real takeaway on this one is what should we as investors be doing? Okay. Is UPS hiring? Because if everybody's <laughs> delivering, I'm wondering if UPS is going to get a big spike. Maybe. Because, right? I mean, everybody's ordering stuff on Amazon if they're going to be home. But the assumption is that there's still an adequate supply chain to get the product to Amazon, to get it to UPS, to get it to you. True. So the the weakest link is the problem. Right. right? Nevertheless, there are areas that have been thriving. If you were an investor in Clorox, you were very happy. <laughs> Okay. Clorox has just spiked in value like crazy. A Purell. <laughs> so anyhow, and, and hindsight's going to be the benefit of 2020. I wish we all would have bought Clorox, right? But nevertheless, we are, so we're going to be faced with some investor opportunities. Before we speak about those, I want to talk about what I think may be coming. We are in discussions for what may be one of the largest... I, I, I guess it's a stimulus package, right? It's not really a bailout package, but one of the largest stimulus packages ever considered. Stimulus is not even the right word for it, too. And I know what you mean. Like, you're kind of searching for that word. Well, that, I mean, that's what they're calling it so far. But what, essentially, the federal government and state governments are looking for ways that they can bridge the gap during this economic seizure. Okay? Right, right. And there, there are some really radical things being discussed here. Things that most, uh, there are many people that will kind of go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's on the table. But then again, we are dealing with, again, no roadmap. Yeah, they're like, this has not ever been really done before, right. happened before in history in well, this type of Well, we've had pandemics manner. before, but we've never had governments, well, the governments try to learn from it and change, right? So uh, we've had a lot of intervention from the Federal Reserve Bank in the form of, uh, injected liquidity in the markets so that the bond markets can continue to function properly uh, through the through either the purchasing of bonds or the providing of uh, immediate liquidity to banks that are having companies draw on their credit lines. Right? Imagine if everybody comes to a bank at the same time and says, "I need to draw money on my credit line." Yeah, no. That was a recipe for the Great Depression and bank collapse when there was a run on the banks, and the Federal Reserve has stepped up and said. In effect, we will give unlimited lines of credit to make sure that doesn't happen. They they said, we learned from the Great Depression where if we go down, it's not going to be that way. So so we're talking about 
trillions of dollars in available liquidity. Now, that is the temptation is to say, oh my gosh, they're bailing, bailing out banks again. It's not liquidity in the sense that they're printing money and handing it to banks. They are enabling banks to keep that money in circulation to small and medium and even large-sized businesses in this country to keep people employed and to bridge this economic dip. And so providing liquidity means making the funds available for lending. It's, and the, it's, they're overnight funds, right? So they, they end up coming back into the system rather rapidly. So it's not as if they just printed money and handed it out, but they facilitated backstopping banks so that they don't have uh, the inability to lend. Banks are not actually financially fragile compared to what they were in 2008, but if they don't have the capacity to lend because they run out of money that's available within the rules, that's a different issue. So the Fed is sort of intervening to make sure that markets still function. So that's pretty pre unprecedented in terms of the amounts that we're talking about. But we're now having discussion from the uh, administration and in Congress about simply writing checks to everybody. Literally every American, and I've heard the, the income figure cutoff was like a million dollars. If you make less than a million dollars, they're talking about actually just saying, uh, you and, just and get money. Here's, here's money so and that you can to go survive. buy groceries and make up for the work that you may or may not be getting and right. pay your rent and pay your bills. There discussion, there's discussion of suspending the repayment of federal student loans. Right, not not forgiving not loans, forgiving, just but just suspending payments, right? And then there's discussion, and these this is just discussion, but the, everything's on the table right now. Is are there ways to incentivize incentivize financial institutions so that they can allow people to defer mortgage payments? Can the IRS afford to defer tax collection for a period of time? Because April fifteenth is tax day. They, I just read that they extended it ninety days. Yeah, so. Uh, if you think about and and there's still discussion of creating what they call a payroll tax holiday which essentially means for the rest of 2020 businesses and employees would not be paying the payroll taxes that pays things like social security uh so what for happens a to social security people then they're they the, at this point at uh, the government is effectively saying look interest rates are so so low we can afford to print money Right, we can we can issue more bonds and borrow at under one percent. So we will borrow the money to put it back into the economy to make the economy grow faster, so that we can afford to pay back the loan faster. And at less than one percent, it's not crazy. Hmm. That so well, it's an interesting stimulus package. It'll be interesting to see if it gets pulled off. Yeah, and that. I think is really the key is what's it going to look like, but it sounds like almost every American, and in this case, this is not a, I realize that the there's been the, well, it benefits the, the, the ultra wealthy. I don't think that's what the design is here. I think the design is to say, hey, the, the waiters and waitresses and the service personnel that are out of work right now and they're in trouble and they're in the private sector, this is like a Let's try to find you some form of stopgap, some kind of emergency funding resource so that we do not have your life implode and we get a cascade of bankruptcies and other things that just go unchecked and it becomes a ripple through the system beyond just the virus, but it becomes a More viral that, economic yeah. impact as well. So look, uh, we're, we're long on the last segment here, so let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back for the final segment. And what I want to talk to you guys about is what to do as investors to navigate this. There are some specific strategies and some things I think everybody should consider that may help you come out the other side of this looking pretty darn good. So that when we come back, this is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN.
This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Radio, radio Show. show. So we covered a bunch of ground today. I'm going to remind you to check out the podcast if you're curious how we're looking through the crystal ball at where this economy is headed. But the bottom line is this. Oh, and by the way, that podcast is at littlejohnfs.com. Bottom line is this. There's going to be an economic impact that's going to be felt. And I think I can safely say that. There's, We're already seeing the behaviors that are being altered because of Change, closing restaurants and so forth and ban, you know, bottlenecking people through grocery environments and so forth. So we're, we're there. We're experiencing it. The stock market has fallen dramatically. Okay. In fact, on February 19th, I think that the S&P 500, uh, if, I'm, if I'm going back um, a month here, it was, let's see, February 19th, it was at it was almost 3,400. It was 33 and some change, 3,370, 3,380, I think. And uh, in fact, I can tell you, 52 years, 3,367. And now we're down at 25, 28, 29, right? And that's after rallying 6% today. Yesterday, we were down below 2,400 for a little while. So that was a 31% pullback from the top. And Ouch. that was February 19th. So it's been less than a month, right? We're three and, three and a half weeks into this thing. Pretty rapid. Yeah, this is fa- the the pullback in this market was is has been faster than what was experienced in the Great Depression in 1929. Do you think and that's due to technology? Well, I'm 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 quite confident it's due to technology. The speed of things is faster. It's a much larger marketplace. But you know that we had a full blown banking collapse in, in 1929. Uh, in 2008, it took longer, and so this time, this is in response to a pandemic. And one of the things I all think I also think is that we can spread the message so much faster through the various media sources. Right. And we just fuel fear like it's nobody's business. Oh yeah. Well, uh, everybody's kind of. I mean, it's an election year. There's all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. It's just yeah. there's a lot of agitation. I think naturally right now going on anyway. And then you add a virus and a pandemic and everything on top of it. It, I mean, I feel emotionally spent these days. Like, I usually enjoy looking on Facebook, and I kind of don't even want to do that because I don't want to see all this stuff anymore. Like, I'm not – I've noticed I'm not turning on the radio. I'm kind of unintentionally isolating myself, too, just because I'm – I'm exhausted from all, right. all the well, information. I'm not going to suggest people do that, just so we're aware. What I'm going to suggest is that everybody just take a chill pill, Okay. We need to all calm down for a minute and look at what this is. This is going to be, in my opinion, not investment advice, one of the greatest opportunities investor going to investors will experience in the next decade. Yeah, everything's okay. on sale right now by a third. At least. There are stocks that are down well more than that. If, and I, this, again, not a recommendation, but Boeing was over $400 a year ago. Today, it's trading at like 120 What? And I don't know what else to say on this program other than, and again, not a recommendation, but let me tell you about Boeing real quickly. This is a company that built an aircraft that was capable of flying but had failed software. It killed people. They deserve to be scrutinized heavily, and, and they deserve to, uh, you know, what they got, okay? Uh, the FAA was involved. 
there were blown rolls in both cases. Uh, Boeing pushed too fast. FAA didn't keep uh, out of the way, you know, didn't do the job of making sure everything was safe the way they were supposed to. I'm not assigning or pointing to blame. I'm saying everybody was unhappy, and the FAA threw the book at them. Okay. And then this came along and travel just got crippled. So their, their primary plane that was the number one order that they had in the pipeline was suspended and then travel just got dumped on. So the stock has been punished to the end of time. Do you believe Boeing will go out of business? No. Nor do I. And here's why. Boeing has defense contracts and they are a critical part of our defense infrastructure. So I don't believe that our government has any interest in allowing Boeing to fail. And I also think that Boeing does make a good product. Again, not a recommendation. But this is my opinion, and I look at this and go, this is a stock that's now, what, 70% off? Yeah. Or nearly 70% off? Yeah. I don't know about you, but for folks that go shopping at Ross or Marshall's locally. Yeah, we like 70% and, off. <laughs> and you get incredible bargains and you're all excited about it. Look around. There's lots there of bargains There is incredible to be had. sales here. And part of what this market did is it reacted extraordinarily rapidly once the news started getting bad. And what markets do is they they're a leading indicator of what's going to happen. That means the markets are moving typically ahead of where they believe the information is going. Some of it is an educated guess, but they are already repricing catastrophe into this economy. If anything goes right, from this point forward, the markets are in a very attractive position, especially compared to three or four weeks ago when they were super high. Right. And everybody wondered how much higher can they go? It seems like they're so lofty. Well, the same people that thought it was expensive a month ago are now telling me that we should sell because it's just going to go down forever. If you bet against the American economy, you're doing a couple of things that I think are wrong. And one of them is framing. If you believe that our entire economy in the world as we know it is going to fail, what does your money matter? Oh, that's a right? good point. Guess what? Take it out of the bank. You won't have a shortage of toilet paper. <laughs> okay? Because what's the point? What's the point? But if you believe that our economy, economy will ultimately right itself and move forward, and that the companies that you're investing in are not going to go out of business but recover and go on to continue to do great things in the American economy, you are looking at a fire sale right now. That does not mean that it will not go lower, but I will tell you that you already have an exceptional discount, and there's an expression in the industry, it's called trying to catch a falling knife. Okay, Trying to time the bottom of the market is a fool's errand, because it's impossible to time things perfectly, but I can tell you that there is a bunch on sale, so I'd be checking the sofa cushions and figuring out what your plan is. Remember, there's only Fruit Loops and dog hair there. Yeah, well, you, you need to go talk to your financial professional and figure out what's appropriate for you, get some good, solid advice, but... Look at what this is. You should be fearful when people are greedy. And, and greedy when people are fearful. And let me tell you, people are terrified right now. Okay, so you've got tremendous opportunity out there. And if you're in the market and you don't have to take the money out, don't. Okay, right now it is way beat up. It will, it will hurt more to take it out now. So be patient. Okay, that is the critical advice here. Tremendous opportunity. So provided that you are not personally impacted with a sickness and the people that you care about come out the other side, you will too. So be strong on this one and seize the opportunity. Call us if you need to at 541-375-0898 or email us info at littlejohnfs.com. All right, gang. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. 
preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.